Welcome to a bonus episode of Backlash Podcast. It's two days before Thanksgiving, I believe, in case anybody's carrying it home. We will have a new episode coming out tomorrow, so if you're listening, if you're one of our lo- most loyal listeners and you're listening the very day that we release these podcasts, this podcast is coming out on Tuesday. We will have our regular release on Wednesday, and we hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving, and I'm sure tomorrow's episode I'll probably mention that as well. But anyways, we uh, have a guest this week. We're going to talk to Keith Edberg, ESOX Real Repair. The reason it's just a bonus episode is because we're going to talk a little bit about if you're in the need of getting some reels repaired, I know it's that time of year for a lot of anglers. They put their stuff in the garage or they keep it in their boat or they shove it in the corner and they'll worry about it again in, you know, whatever, April or May. Anyways, we're talking to e- to Keith, so hopefully maybe you actually decide to do something with those reels right now should you need servicing, and then he's going to talk a little bit about things you can do on your own to, you know, see whether or not you need something serviced or or whether you can, you know, take care of any minor issues you have yourself and, and check things over yourself. So that's what's up there. If um, you're looking for musky gear, it's that time of year. It's the annual Thanksgiving sale for Team Rhino Outdoors and Musky Mayhem Tackle. And if you want to save, starting tomorrow morning, I believe it's, I don't know, I, didn't even, I haven't set up the code yet, but I'm guessing it'll probably be roughly midnight, 5 a.m., something like that. If you enter T, capital T, capital R, capital O, 10, as in 1 and 0 at checkout, T-R-O-10, you will get 10% off your purchases Chaos rods, RS nets, and gift cards are excluded from the sale. But other than that, everything else, baits, everything else you need for, you know, your, if you're giving gifts, great. If you're still fishing, that's great too. But anyways, you can enter TRO10 at checkout, teamrhinooutdoors.com for 10% off your purchase. And that will run through, I believe, what is that, the 29th, Carrie? Yep, Monday, the 29th. So... That starts on, I think this episode's coming on on the 24th, if I'm not mistaken. So it'll go 25th, so Wednesday through no, mon- through Monday. This one comes out on the 23rd, I think. Okay. Listen to Carrie. She's smarter than me anyways. So, so any- the, sale, the sale is, I believe, the 24th through the 29th. There you go. So it's going to start on Wednesday morning. This episode comes out on Tuesday. So, you know, as excited as you're going to be, go load up your cart and then check out tomorrow. and Get yourself 10% off for four or five, six days, whatever it is. Anyways, Carrie, why don't you talk a little bit about what Musky Mayhem Tackle has going on? So Musky Mayhem Tackle has same days, so I believe it's the 24th through the 29th. We have um, 20% off on our website. You have to use the code MMT20 at checkout to receive your discount. And then we have... Free two-day shipping on orders over $100 in the U.S. We have been lucky enough to get some of our new clothing. We've gotten some hoodies in. We got some T-shirts in. Uh, We actually just got some hats in today, the day that we're recording this. So you should should be able to get some new Christmas gifts if you have a custom color that you that you um, can't live without, you, sh- you can order that. Um, we do have a couple exclusions. I think it's the bump boards are excluded, um, both the, the regular 
60 inch board and then we have the 16 inch backlash podcast board they are available they're just excluded from the sale i guess you know the the big part is is uh it's kind of the black friday sale and i know team rhino you only do this sale once a year obviously there's only one black friday sale but you only do one sale a year so this is kind of the time to get out there and get a little better deal the only other thing i would say is both jeff and i did run into some freight issues last year at this time because between usps fedex ups basically all the carriers there they struggle this time of year because they're so overloaded so if if you're gonna order and you need your stuff for christmas gifts i would order as soon as possible yes that's correct and we typically have a economy option on our website for free shipping or $5 shipping anyways, but we will use the most economical shipping option that we have. So regardless of how fast it's going to get there, we will use the most economical shipping option. So if it's time sensitive, it's probably worth the uh, little bit to upgrade to a more, I don't want to say reliable shipping option, but UPS and Speedy and FedEx were definitely more reliable last year than what USPS was. So if it's time sensitive and you have to have it by a certain day, it's definitely worth the uh, worth your while to consider upgrading your shipping option during this time of year. I have nothing else to add to this episode or this intro, and Brad and Carrie don't either. And so we're going to dial up our conversation with Keith and make sure that you stick around tomorrow for our regular upload. We are going to talk to Larry Smith with Larry Smith Outdoors. But until then, we're going to dial up this, this conversation with Keith Edberg, ESOX Real Repair. All right, our guest today on this bonus episode of Backlash Podcast is Keith Edberg from Esox Real Repair. If you check out, I think for some reason right now, the if you're on iTunes, I think you can only go back like 100 episodes. So if you go to the Podbean app or if you go to Podbean on the internet, you can look up Backlash Podcast, and I think you can find them all there. That's where we host everything. So if you go there, you can find them all. And you'd have to go back quite a ways to find... Keith. I know it's probably in the first 10 episodes for sure. I want to say maybe four, five, or six. And then, I don't know, Keith, how long do you think it's been since we've had you on? About a year, maybe? Maybe longer? Oh, it's got to be all of that. Uh, I just remember you guys calling late at night, and we talked for quite a while, and Jeff, you hardly said a word, and you said you didn't have to edit much. That's right. Well, that was when Brad liked to do these at midnight or 2 a.m., and we, I don't exactly. do I don't do that anymore. I put my foot down and said, "Brad, you're going to do this by yourself if we do that every night." I have think, <laughs> I like to sleep a little more than Brad does, at least at like normal hours of the day. Brad it likes to see you know goes to bed at four in the morning, gets up at I don't know six, seven, eight, something like that. Yeah, he would prefer to sleep more. He just doesn't get the opportunity. Right. So Keith. Uh, the reason we have you on is because it's that time of year. Seasons are ending. Guys are maybe you know taking inventory of what broke last year, what needs to get fixed, what needs to get checked out. I guess for the purpose of this, why don't you talk a little bit about your company that you got going on for anybody that's looking for service, and then we'll talk maybe about tips on stuff that people might be able to take care of at home. I fix uh, mostly musky reels. Every now and then I get asked to... Uh to do, uh, oh, say, a spinning reel or a small bass bait caster. But my main focus is musky reels, hence the name Esox Reel Repair. But 
I stock a lot of parts for Shimano, especially Abu. I've got a, a ton of them. And Daiwa, I've got quite a few. And then I just have a, a little smattering of uh, 13 Fishing and for a couple of the other brands. But really, those three are the big hitters uh, when it comes to reels that are used for, for muskies. I just developed this in my spare time many years ago. Brad was my first guinea pig. Uh, I was up visiting Brad and Carrie at their, their place and was uh, in the garage there. We were looking at Brad's boat. I seen a box of uh, a, a bunch of Calcutta TEs in there. and I asked him, I said, you know, first of all, you got a bunch of these just sitting here. You don't use them anymore. And then I started looking at them a little closer and I said, well, no wonder you don't use them. I wound up taking a box of eight or 10 of them home with me. And I had been working on my own reels before that. I just realized pretty quickly, you know, if I was going to be fishing a lot, these things get pretty dirty uh, and kind of gunked up pretty regularly um, from a number of things. If you've got them sitting in the in the boat and you're driving gravel roads, you're going to get a lot of dust and dirt on them. Well, a pretty good portion of the year, mostly spring and then again late summer and fall, you get so many uh, so much algae and, and uh, weeds and cottonwood fluff on there, and and you reel that in on your line and it deposits it on the reel. And next thing you know, you got a reel that's all gunked up and it's in the level wine and stuff like that. And, and, uh, so I said, well, and I'm no perfectionist by any means, but I said, I don't like fishing with my reels that way. So I started taking my reels apart and trying to clean them up. And well, the first couple I did in my easy chair and my recliner watching TV and open them up and springs pop out and all kind of other stuff. And, so I had to learn pretty quickly, but uh, Brad was my next guinea pig, and I fixed those up pretty well for him. And and I, I thought, well, I I could do this, and so I just I told a couple people, and Brad uh, mentioned it to a few people, and next thing you know, I'm doing it for several of the other guides, and and then they started telling people, and next thing I know, uh, guys are calling me and and seeing if I can uh, repair and clean their reels and. And it's grown over the last few years, and and Carrie and and Brad really helped me out a year or so ago. Gosh, I haven't been up to your place now, I think, for for two years, but you did a time-lapse video of me taking apart one of Brad's reels and completely cleaning it, putting it back together. And I kind of rushed that one. I think I got her done in an hour, and they put it down to, like, uh, you know, a minute or two or whatever. So it looks like I'm a lot faster than I am. But um, nowadays I, uh, I I still do a lot of reels. I do them mostly. I try to, and I encourage folks to send them to me in the winter because uh, I don't do anything in the winter. I don't ice fish and snowmobile and stuff like that. So I got a lot of time, especially on the weekends. Really all, most of the, the year uh, I'll do reels after work in the evenings, after my regular job. And then, but once summer and fall gets here, then I'm busy on the weekends and, and I'll take some vacations to Lake of the Woods or what have you. And, and uh, but I, I generally try to get them done, but I, I try to encourage folks to get them to me in the winter when I can really 
you know, focus on them, get them done well, and get them back to, to the customer in plenty of time for their season opener. Now, this last year was really tough because I think part of the reason was, you know, we haven't had the Muskie Expos for a couple of years, and, and that's where I would meet a lot of guys, either pick up reels or drop off reels. And, and so that didn't happen this year. And for whatever reason, guys were just reluctant to send me reels during the winter. They sent them to me in March, April, and May. Uh, and I mean a bunch of them. And hoping to get them back for the, the Southern uh, Wisconsin opener in, in uh, mid-May. And then the, the, uh, the Northern Wisconsin opener in late May, and I just, I just got these reels a week or two ago, and I already had, you know, 15, 20 in front of them. So there were some late nights there, but um, so I'm going to do a better job of trying to encourage folks to, to give me their reels over the winter here when I've got time to do them. And, you know, that's the good thing about most of these guys are pretty understanding. They realize if they send them to me, late that they can't uh, expect me to turn them around. I just got too many to do. But usually during the season, if I if a guy has a reel or two go down on him uh, during the season, you know, everything had been fine the year before. They didn't think it needed attention during the winter. And then uh, first outing or first few outings out in the summer and, and things go wrong or they find out what was wrong with it that they forgot about they'll get them to me and I'll, I'll turn them around. And honestly, I usually can turn them around in a day or two and get them back out to, uh, to people and, and get them back on the water. But, uh, I'm just going to do a better job this year of encouraging people and, and via social media and what have you, uh, to get them to me in plenty of time this winter when they can't use them so that I can get them back to them in plenty of time for, for the season to open. Well, speaking of social media, Keith, um, how can people reach out to you through social media? Well, I'm on uh, Facebook for sure, so they can uh, message me there. You know, that's how I get some of my business, actually, is uh, I'll run an ad. It's not even an ad, just a post saying, hey, I'm here if you need me, and here's how you can get a hold of me. And, and But I've had a lot of uh, people that I didn't know post something uh hey hey everybody uh who do you recommend having you know uh your real fix with and and i'll have some of my friends and some of my uh, customers post and and uh tag me on that and say hey this guy's really good he's got good turnaround time and uh i'd use him and so i've i've acquired a fair number of new customers that way as well so uh, i'm on instagram but you know what i i I don't know how to work it very good, so uh, you, you probably won't see any posts from me there. But I do follow you guys quite uh, quite a bit on there, and, and uh, it's always fun to see. You know, uh, Instagram seems to be so much more upbeat and uplifting and stuff like that. Sometimes Facebook can get to be a drag, but uh, you just got to ignore most of that stuff and stick to what you're doing. So Facebook is the main is the main way you can message me if you want. But uh, uh, enough people are are getting my uh, information. I try to. That's the other thing Carrie did for me was make me a uh, bunch of business cards. And when I send uh, reels back out, I uh, I include a couple cards and encourage uh, people to uh, 
you know, give them to their friends or, or whatever. And so I'm, I'm getting some business that way as well. So Keith, somebody reached out to me this week and they asked me about parts. They asked me about your information because they remembered hearing you about it on the podcast. So I gave them that. They, they want to know about availability of parts. Are parts an issue for you right now? You know, I haven't had to order any for a while. Uh, I've been basically not doing any real since, well, since August when I started going away to the woods again uh, after being not able to for over a year. And then that segued right into hunting. Uh, my kid came home from Colorado and uh, we went bear hunting for a week. And then uh, I was down in Missouri uh, deer hunting, bow hunting a week ago. And I'm still at that. So I haven't had to order any parts, but I will say this. I carry a lot of the more common ones, but every now and then I get one from a guy that just uh, needs something I don't have. And I've found that with Shimano, gosh, it's not a hundred percent, but it's pretty close that they're going to have it. And I get it within five days. They're out in California, of course. Abu, um, pretty high probability that I'll get it. The only problem is um, they moved their, uh, they used to ship out of Iowa, which is a day or two from me. I'm in uh, southern Minnesota. They moved their uh, their warehousing out to, uh, their fulfillment out to Pennsylvania, so that takes a couple extra days. Um, and Iowa is in California, and, and I, not to slam Iowa at all, but um, they're the ones I have the most trouble with. They, they were back ordered a lot on parts the last year. And part of that is the whole COVID thing. California had some of the toughest restrictions. At one point, I think Dyla told me they're only allowed. This was during the heat of the pandemic last year. You know, you could have one or two personnel in the warehouse at one time or whatever, fulfilling orders and, and so that took a while, but then even when they did ship, uh, you know, two out of four, two out of five would be back ordered. So I'd get that weeks or months later. So it was tough in that regard, but there's, there's other outlets. Of course, you pay more. Uh, you can go to some of the other resellers and, and get parts at uh, a little bit higher price. But, you know, uh, during the season anyways, when the guy needs his real. I'll just do that for him. It's do whatever it takes to, to get him back in business. So yeah, it's it's been a little bit of a challenge, but um, right now I've I've got a pretty pretty good mix and uh, and pretty good coverage, especially on the more popular ones, the, the ones the wear parts that that go out a little more readily. But every now and then you get an oddball deal, and I'll tell you what the the odd thing is, and uh, I've done it for a couple of Brad's friends, and that is. Uh, Guys using the Tranks 400, um, they, they, and, and in my opinion, Shimano, it, it's a good reel. It really is a good reel. But the one little design feature that they have, and that is the, the side plate uh, little locking me- mechanism they put right kind of near where you're palming the reel, and I can see how you could accidentally uh, bump that off. But I've had, I've had, I think four of them now, and two of them were Brad's friends, where they dropped the whole side plate in the drink. And so, and I'll tell you what, the side plate consists of, gosh, I think it's nine or ten different parts. And 
technically that's the way you're supposed to order it is all all those parts separately and then i've got to assemble that yet every now and then depending on who i get a hold of at shimano they'll they'll build me it ahead of time charge me a few bucks for it but they're sending me a complete side plate that i can just put on the guy's reel otherwise i got an extra half hour into just assembling the side plate from scratch so um, but that that's a, a weird little thing that uh, that happens every now and then. But otherwise, I, I'm pretty good to go now. What I like to do is try to go through them all, open them up, and I've got separate bins for all the different reels. And I go through them all and, and see what it needs. And then I try to order a bunch at one time, and I pay the freight on that so that the customer doesn't have to. Because if I, you know, spread it out over all the parts I order. The freight per part doesn't wind up being anything, but sometimes in the summer it's tough when, when a guy needs his reel. I've got everything but this one part, so I've got to order. I don't really need to order a bunch of other stuff. And by the time you pay eight, 10 bucks shipping for the little package and the part, it, it, it winds up being more than, than a guy should have to pay. But sometimes I have to pass that along, but most of the time I, I, I just, cover that so keith is there any and we always like to try to give some value out of a podcast before we let you go is there anything that guys can do or gals can do to their reels you know that would maybe help them avoid a, a sending it into you or or is there something they should check to make sure that you know everything's in operational condition and send it into you if they need to yeah well we've we've discussed a few of these in the past and i'll go over them again a couple things that you can do just in terms of how you use a reel come into play and then a couple things you can do yourself to your reel to, to keep worse things from happening so on the user side one thing that certainly can help is just check your your screws and stuff and and uh, don't over tighten them but keep them snug make sure nothing's getting loose and rattling and allowing things like side plates to fall off or your handle nut uh, to get loose and then and then as you're reeling the handle, you're, uh, you're potentially stripping that uh, drive, drive shaft and things like that. Um, also, things we've discussed, like uh, guys that like to rip big baits, big rubber baits, they tend to do it using the handle as leverage. And the problem with that is, you're, again, you're wearing that handle. But the other thing is, if you're, if you're letting the reel... Uh, basically do the stopping and ripping, you're going to wear out that anti-reverse, that roller clutch bearing uh, faster than you otherwise would. And people say, well, how do you rip otherwise if you're not, like if you're not holding on to the handle? Well, you still hold on to the handle because you got to reel up the slack. But when you go to rip, just simply put your thumb on the, on the spool so that, that you're stopping it without making the anti-reverse uh, stop it now for a guy that grips the fore foregrip uh, instead of palming the reel it's really not realistic to be able to you know press your thumb on the spool so the the reel is just going to take some abuse that way so i see a fair bit of that um the second user thing would be casting and we've got a lot of power handles in, in use now today when that thing pre prematurely engages and you're slamming that 
pinion gear down into uh, the drive gear and they don't mesh, you're, you're going to break the, the pinion gear most likely. And so, you know, people have talked about, well, all you got to do is, is reel a handle and position the handle so it's pointing downward. And then, uh, you know, all this when you cast. Well, I've got a much simpler method, and I've told everybody I know about this that have had this trouble. If you simply, when you go to, you, you depress the, the thumb bar and you, you got your thumb on a spool and you ease the rod back to cast, if you just, if you keep your thumb down on the thumb bar so it's disengaged, through the violent part of the cast, just the forward motion. If you just keep it engaged to that um, before letting off the thumb bar, that that handle can't engage. It just it just can't. I encourage people to do that as well, and then you're not going to go through through as many pinion gears that way. And then the other thing, you know, just kind of your own self maintenance. We were talking earlier about picking up algae and weeds stuff like that and it deposits the line deposits that stuff on your reel and you build up this gunk and it, it works its way in through the spool edges and stuff like that works its way into the worm gear if you just regularly heck once a week just take a toothpick or my favorite way or easiest way to do it is just take a q-tip and if the stuff's really crusty use some uh, rubbing alcohol and dip the q-tip in that and and just clean off all that gunk inside the edges and around the, even on the outside, because that stuff just, all that stuff just can eventually work into the reel. So if you just take a little bit of time just cleaning your own reel, you can avoid a lot of that buildup and avoid having to have somebody like, you know, take it completely apart and fix it. Uh, so that it can help just doing that. And then the other thing would be, I, I, I would say is, uh, you know, if you do travel in dusty conditions, gravel roads, get uh, get yourself one of those little neoprene reel covers and cover your reel with that when you're traveling, and that'll keep a lot of the dust and gravel dust and stuff out of there, too. That should help. Grabbing the rod about midway and just putting it in the lake and just sloshing it around is not the answer? No, don't do that, Brad. <laughs> I've just done it for years. With, it quiets yeah, down the noise and real. I know you have, but just put up with the noise until <laughs> you uh, take care of uh, the property. Uh, I got a guy that'll fix them. Yeah, you know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to thank you, Keith, for coming on. That's for sure. We always appreciate hearing this stuff. And I know a bunch of listeners are actually looking. I, I know I just sent you a box of reels for another guy. So there's a bunch of them out there. That's for sure. Yep. And I, uh, I wind up, uh, just being amazed actually how many guys are, uh, are resending me their real, they're realizing, well, anybody that fishes a lot, um, or puts high importance on it realizes they don't want a real, their favorite reel to go down when they're on a week's vacation or whatever. So, they're being a little more, more proactive and taking care of things. And, and so I'm seeing a lot of repeat business that way. And, and, uh, for a lot of guys, I'll get a group of reels at one time and I'll send them back. And once they got them back, they'll send me a few more and, and they just kind of keep rotating and making sure they got stuff that, that'll work for them. So, you know, uh, Jeff, 
I uh, I told you I wouldn't talk about hunting on the, on the program here, but I got to uh, just mention this because it t- actually ties in with muskie fishing. I saw a post by uh, John Hoyer a couple weeks ago, and uh, he had he went bow hunting for the first time, and I don't know how he hooked up with uh, me and Tiffany Lukoski down in Iowa, but pretty cool that he got to do that. Anyways, he shot uh, his first uh, deer. It was a doe. Um, but was absolutely thrilled with the experience, and as we all know how cool that is. Um, but he, he mentioned, he says, now I understand why the lakes are so empty in the fall. I always figured, what are these guys doing that they're missing out on some of the best musky fishing of, uh, of the year? And he said, now I understand that this, this can compete with musky fishing, and I thought that was a pretty cool comment. I don't know anything about it. I don't do any hunting. I just keep going fishing. So for me... Uh, I'm still going to stick with muskies, but I can understand why guys choose and why they make that choice. Not to mention that you can do it all year long, but, uh, or, I mean, you can fish all year long. You can't hunt all year yeah. long. So, well, you're going to be frozen out here pretty quick. I would imagine, uh, unless you travel south, but, uh, you can hunt for quite a while yet. Yeah. I'm guessing that things are going to be locked up pretty tight, pretty fast. Gosh, the last time I fished was, um, I want to say it was October 14th, 15th, 16th, somewhere in there. I, I find myself quitting earlier every year just to go get in a tree stand. But, you know, the, the last time I was out, I was fishing solo. And I was on my favorite lake, uh, northern Minnesota, which hasn't treated me all that well lately. But uh got fond memories of it. But, you know, I, I realized it was a beautiful evening, beautiful sunset, beautiful sky, the whole works. I wasn't seeing any fish, but I found myself, my son Hunter and I started in this together, and, and it was because of Brad Hoppy that, that uh, the kid got so hooked right away. I mean, we saw Brad at, um, gosh, the old Minnesota Expo uh, when it was up in Blaine, and I think it was Brad's first year for a booth, Brad and Kerry, and, and uh, we just wandered by and were looking, and Hunter was 10 years old, and he uh, he pulled them in and he said, "Hey, pick out your favorite color. You can have one of these baits." And it was a showgirl. And uh, Hunter caught his first muskie on that bait. And you know, of course, we've been hooked on muskie mayhem products ever since. But it just started that addiction. And, and we fished together for you know, gosh, fifteen years, sixteen years. And here I am fishing alone, and I found that I just wasn't as driven as I used to be without him here. You know, I just, uh, it, it just the, the fishing didn't didn't do it for me. I realized that it was doing it with him that was the cool thing. Now, I, don't get me wrong, I still love to catch a muskie, and I made a couple trips to Lake of the Woods this uh, year with Dominic Hoyos, and uh, we had just an absolute gas. I wish we'd had a little bit better weather, a little bit less wind. I can't imagine how good the fishing would have been without that wind. Because we found quite a few fish and quite a few eaters in just the, the out-of-the-way protected spots that we could get to. We couldn't even get to all the good stuff on the big water. And everybody else was hiding out from the wind, too, so we were fishing stuff that had been fished. But we were finding fish and nice fish. I just uh, I just wish we'd have had the opportunity to, to fish the, the really good stuff. But that that was certainly enjoyable. But uh, I just find myself uh, 
not fishing as much and hanging it up a little bit earlier and getting the boat put away and getting my hunting gear ready. So, well, hopefully, um, we get a few people that want to come and send you some reels and, and, uh, get some stuff taken care of from you. I know I can personally, uh, you know, vouch for your reel repair service as I got my box full this year. And I mean, I didn't have any issues this year, so you must've done something right, which is <laughs> atypical, but, um, well, anyways. you actually had, took pretty good care of your reels. Uh, yeah, they, they weren't, uh, they weren't as bad as some I see, that's for sure. They weren't as bad as Mr. Hoppies. <laughs> well, yeah, I ragged out Brad enough, so. <laughs> we just want to thank you for coming out, taking time out of your schedule to do a podcast with us. We want to thank our listeners for, you know, putting up with us again. And we'll catch everybody again with a new episode tomorrow. Excellent. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Keith. Take care.